Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Before I minister the word, I'd like to welcome seven new radio stations to my program. KLNG, Omaha, Nebraska. WBXR, Huntsville, Alabama. KWDF, Alexandria, Louisiana. WFAM, Augusta, Georgia. WCPC, Tupelo, Mississippi. WELP, Greenville, South Carolina. And WVHI, Evansville, Indiana. That makes 23 stations today covering 41 states. It is humbling. And what a blessing of God to be preaching the gospel to America and the world. Now, I would like to introduce you to a new song on this radio program that you have never heard. It has an interesting story behind it. I have shared testimonies, miracles that have happened to Dole Davidson, the president of this ministry. Wonderful ones, giving God the glory and bringing us to where we are. This one is unique. In 1969, God directed Doyle to sell his lucrative veterinary practice and his state-of-the-art hospital and obey him. And then in the coming months, he led him to divest himself of every one of his investments. God led him. Like he will lead all those that truly want the things of God, he led him into the wilderness just like he led Jesus. Why would he do that to someone? It is explained in Deuteronomy 8.2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. He will do everyone that way that he's going to commit anything to. I know. I walked there. In 1974, Doyle found himself in Argyle, Texas, a nice enough area But now for the first time in his life, with no money, little business, no friends, but plenty of persecution. Surrounded by religious people wondering what this veterinarian was doing, teaching his Bible in his home without their permission. He was tempted on every side. His own wife thought he had lost his mind. His family, mother, father, sisters, brother-in-laws thought he had made a big mistake and was just following his own desires. There were people condemning him from every side. And then there was much fear. Where was God? Had Dole missed it? Had he gone off into air? He was in a place that the only way out was God. And that is exactly where God wanted him. He was spending hours reading, studying the Word of God, the Spirit of God leading him. And in those hours, he saw written in that Bible something that shook him to the very core. He saw that the Ten Commandments were not given as a blessing. That it was written right on those pages of the Bible. Galatians 3 stated that they were added because of transgressions. Ezekiel 20 stated that God gave them statutes that were not good and judgments whereby they should not live. He knew of no one that believed those words that he was reading. He struggled with them. Could these words be so? Then one day, 
while in great distress over these words, God visited him and talked to him. And he talked to him out of Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And he said, Doyle, this is the way I am. Verse 6, And the Lord passed by before him, Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and fourth generation. Dole read these words over and over again, days and weeks. He meditated, considered, struggling to believe what he saw was true. It didn't happen overnight, but it did come. Doyle saw by the Spirit of God and with revelation God's nature, God's very personality written by God himself proclaiming it in Exodus 34. And what First Timothy 1 stated, the Ten Commandments are not for a righteous man. What a relief. He saw then that's why Jesus broke the Sabbath many times. God's nature, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, was above, stronger than the Ten Commandments. Years later, When in full-time ministry, Doyle told his son-in-law, Terry Mai, about his struggle with these words and then said, Terry, there's a song in these verses if you will write it. And Terry Mai did. Here, sung by the Sweet Sixteen, which include Doyle's daughter and his granddaughters, and written by his son-in-law, Terry Mai, I proclaim, let God, minister these words to your heart. Get a revelation of the very nature, the very personality of your Heavenly Father.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I ask for grace. I ask for grace on me, and I ask for grace on this message. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you a believer? If you're a believer, what do you believe? What exactly do you believe? When you run into trouble, what do you believe? You know, I've had people tell me, well, I believe the Bible. Well, what does the Bible tell you to believe? What is your faith in? Exactly. Do you know that answer can be found in the Word of God? I want us to turn to Mark 1. Jesus tells us exactly what we have to believe, what we need to put our faith in. Mark 1 verse 4, now that after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What was Jesus preaching? The gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, verse 15, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen to his instructions. Repent ye and believe the gospel. This is the instruction. This is Jesus telling us exactly what to believe. Exactly what to put our faith in. He said to repent ye and believe the gospel. What does repent mean? It means to change the way you're thinking. And then he tells you what to change it to. And believe the gospel. Change what you're thinking. Change what your trust is in. And believe the gospel instead. Repent you and believe the gospel. Jesus tells us exactly what to believe in. What to put our faith in. The gospel. The next logical question. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? I have found that the Bible is a complete book. You really don't need any other book to explain it. And if you ask the Father, the definitions of the important words that are in that book are in the Bible itself. If you ask God to open your eyes, your definitions of the words that you really need to know are right there in that book. For instance, most everyone knows that the definition of the word faith is found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is the definition of faith. Did you know that the definition of the gospel is also found? In this Bible, Jesus just told us to repent, to change the way we're thinking, and to believe the gospel instead, to trust in it, to rely on it, to rely on the gospel. Now, what exactly is the gospel? That definition is in this book. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15. You don't know how excited I was. When I found out 
that I could know exactly what I had to put my trust in, exactly what I needed to put my faith in, what I needed to adhere to, what I needed to look at, is written right in this book. And it's right here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. This is Paul speaking. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. That is just what Jesus talked about. He said, repent and believe the gospel. Now Paul is telling us, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. So Paul is telling us to stand in the gospel. What happens when you stand in something? You believe it, you adhere to it. Verse two, by which also you are saved. So now we know that gospel will save if, if, don't ever forget there is an if in the gospel. What is the if? If you keep in memory what I preached unto you. So now we know this gospel, we are going to have to keep it in memory. We're going to have to believe it. There's an if. Let's go on. Unless you have believed in vain. See why that's ifs there? You have to believe it or your believing will be in vain. Now, what do we put our trust in and what do we believe? Verse three, for I've delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How? Here is our definition, the exact definition of the gospel, what you and I have to believe in, what we have to trust, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is your definition of the gospel again how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures that Paul defines as the gospel that is what Jesus was referring to when he said repent and believe the gospel that is what you and I must believe in must trust in, must rely on, and like I said, must stick to like glue. So when you're asked, you're a believer, what do you believe in? You believe that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again. Now, why do we believe that? Why? Let's turn to Romans 1.16. This is Paul again speaking. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What was the gospel? That Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And here Paul says, I am not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid to trust in it. I'm not afraid to walk in it. I'm not afraid to rely on it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation 
to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What is it? For it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. You say, how can that be? Because that power raised Jesus from the dead. When Jesus was on the cross, he had your sin and my sin. He had your sickness and my sickness. He had our poverty. He had every hindering influence on his own body for us. The Father took it from us and put it on the body of Jesus. And Jesus died. And he was buried. And he went to hell. And the third day, the Father raised Jesus from the dead. That resurrection power raised Jesus from the dead. And that same resurrection power is available to us who believe. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. When we believe, that gospel will work in us the same way. And you know what? I am a partaker of that power. There was a time about six years ago, I was one sick woman. I had missed two days of work, which I hardly ever did. I had a fever, a headache. I was nauseous. I was weak. I couldn't eat. All sorts of symptoms. And I wasn't improving. Everyone had gone that day from the house. They were either at work or school. I was alone. By the afternoon, I decided that I'd better get with it and use my faith or I was going to stay sick. I managed to get myself out of bed and into my living room. I put on my computer the music that we minister from this church because I knew it had anointing. I turned it up and I began to pray along with it while the music played. I joined my faith with that anointing. Did I immediately feel better? No, in fact, I felt worse. Along with all the other symptoms, I started to get shaky. But I also started feeling my faith rise up. When you feel that faith coming up out of your heart, that's when it gets fun. I began to pray louder, and I was praying in tongues, and I was keeping my heart on the gospel. Why was I praying in tongues? Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, and I had an infirmity. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 27. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I needed the will of God. I needed to overcome that sickness. So I was praying in tongues and joining my faith with the anointing on that music. And my faith got stronger. I could feel it rise up. And while I was praying, I had a tongue and interpretation. That's 1 Corinthians 12 if you need to look for it. And it was an interesting interpretation. The Spirit of God said to me out of my mouth, When you lay your hands on your stomach, that Spirit will come out and you'll be healed. Well, I got excited. And I did exactly what 
The Spirit of God said through that interpretation, I laid my hands on my stomach. And you know, my body started to shake. For a moment, I felt like a rag doll in a dog's mouth. I shook. And after I shook for just a little bit, I felt that spirit leave. And I stopped and I sat back. And you know what? In less than five minutes, I was well enough that I got up and I went to my kitchen and I started fixing dinner for my family. And it was just minutes after that, I was totally healed. I am not ashamed of the power in that gospel. I trust in it. I rely on it. I expect it to work for me. And I know exactly what to put my trust in. I put my trust in Jesus died for me. He was buried for me. And he was raised again for me. And that same power will work in you if you believe. And now you know what to believe in.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.